My dear parishioners and friends of St. Anne's Church, I welcome you today here in Washington, D.C. on a most beautiful day this Sunday. And greet all of you who join us by way of the electronic media as the church celebrates one of its most important feasts today. In her liturgical calendar, we solemnly offer this Mass in honor of the solemnity of the body and blood of Christ, traditionally remembered as Corpus Christi. Last week, as we celebrated the Feast of the Most Holy Trinity, we reflected together on the nature of mystery. So, let's review those thoughts a bit because they help us understand more, I think, one of the most crucial mysteries of faith in our Catholic teaching. Just how bread and wine are transubstantiated into the divine body and blood of Jesus. So let's talk again a bit about mystery. A lot of people think of mystery as something you can't figure out. And because you can't figure the mystery out, then it's not worth pursuing, not worth talking about. But that's not the case with mystery. Maybe I can't know everything there is to know about a mystery, But that doesn't mean that the mystery itself is void of some reason, intelligence, purpose, or meaning. As we said last week, who of us picks up a mystery novel, for example, and says, well, it's a mystery, can't figure it out, who done it, how does it all end, let's just put the book away. No, we continue reading. We want to know how it all figures in the end, we want to figure out the puzzle and just see something that makes sense, even if we can't understand the whole story or see the whole picture. When you pick up that good murder mystery, for example, you just can't put it down. It grips you. Well, there's something like that going on every time we confront a divine mystery, like transubstantiation, a big mystery which tells us that the substance of bread and the substance of wine are really changed, even if the accidents of bread and wine remain the same. Sounds like a contradiction in one sense. Actually, it's not, because something can both be and not be at the same time in different respects. That's science. But it sounds like a mystery. Oh, for sure it is, but again, perhaps it's the most intelligent mystery of faith, and I dare say at the very heart of Catholic faith. Or to put it another way, we know that mysteries are real and that we desire to really know who and how it all works out. Therefore, we probe mysteries and try to figure them out. That's what makes them so interesting, so intriguing. On the other hand, We know that myths are just that. Myths are made-up stories. They're man-made. Mysteries are not myths. What Jesus reveals is not a myth, but a mystery. And he reveals these mysteries not because he doesn't want us to probe into them, but because he does. That's why he gave us reason, a natural gift. Can we completely understand all these mysteries? No. But to say that I can't understand all of it doesn't mean I can't begin to understand something about it. 
So you say, it's a mystery. You can't know it. No. No, that would be silly and demeaning of the God-given gift of reason. That's why God gave us reason. That's the Catholic distinction. Faith and reason. Reason and faith. Fides et ratio. So all these so-called mysteries of Catholic Christian faith were revealed not by just a man, but by a God-man, Jesus himself. And since Jesus reveals them, they can't be myths, they can't be lies, they can't be just made up. He can't deceive us. We have all sorts of mysteries of faith which Jesus revealed to us, and which over time, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Church early on came to understand and accept them as doctrine, as dogma. So we have the mystery of creation, the mystery of redemption, the mystery of the incarnation of Jesus, we have the mystery of the host, Most Holy Trinity. We have the mystery of the resurrection of the body. The mystery of the Immaculate Conception of Mary. The mystery of Mary, Mother of God. And today, among other mysteries, the mystery of the body and blood of Christ, transubstantiation. So let's get into that particular mystery today, which takes place every time we come to Mass to worship God the Father, God the Son, and by power of the Holy Spirit, bring about that real mystery of change in bread and wine that become Corpus Christi, the body and blood of Christ. So hang in there. As you know, I like to teach a little bit, so tired of preaching, let's just begin to reflect as we wonder about this mystery. So let's begin by asking a basic question. If you really want to know someone as best you can, what's going to be the best way to do that? Oh, you could read about that person through a book or a magazine article. You could read a letter they might have written, and that would give you some insight into their personality and style. You could ask others about them and even their experience of them. You could dream about them. You could exchange emails and Instagrams. You could Google them or Zoom them. You could talk on the phone with them even. And there are any number of ways you get to know someone. But any of these ways wouldn't be at its best. No, the best way to really know someone as they are, as they truly, naturally, authentically are, is for them to reveal themselves to you and for you to reveal yourself to them. And the only way which is most authentic, real, is going to be personal. Body to body, blood to blood. Up close and personal, the ABC way. Even then, of course, there's going to be still to know more about that person. Because I want to know more and more about you. And you want to know more and more about me. And if I truly love that person, then I want to love them more and more. And I want to be loved by them more and more. So now we can say this natural experience is what we all do. We desire to know each other as best we can. And that has to take place personally. I have to speak to you. You speak to me. And when I speak, you listen and when you speak, I listen, and we come to understand and grow 
in that knowledge and love of each other. And every other way, as we said, is going to be artificial or distanced a bit. My point is that there remains in all of this a mystery, an element of mystery in that relationship. It's personal, it's honest, it's real, it's natural. So we've succeeded in getting to know them as best we can. And all the other information we gained about them from other sources works to support our real experience of them, but in themselves could never be an adequate substitute for them. We know someone best when it's so close, so personal, I can touch you, you can touch me, and we can be together vulnerable in the mystery of that relationship. And we spoke about that last week. Remember how, how much the father loves the son. The son so loves the father that the relationship is another mystery, the Holy Spirit. So the mystery of that person remains because, as we said, we want to know more and more and more. We want to love more and more, but it never will be perfect, it seems. There always will be something left that we don't understand that we cannot grasp. That's part of the mystery. Now that serves, I think, as an intelligent analogy we can make to our relationship with God. You see, each, each of us, we desire in wisdom and for our happiness to know God and to know more, not less. Each of us, if we're spiritually mature, also desire to love God more, not less. And what's even more incredible is that the revelation that God gave us over the course of 3,500 years through Judaism and completed in Christianity is that God wants to know us and to love us more and more. And God proves his desire to know us and to love us in a most completed and beautifully orchestrated life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. See, as we said last week, Jesus is divine and human at the same time. Truly God and truly man. The mystery of the incarnation. So Jesus, as God, knows and loves us perfectly. And Jesus, as man, desires to know and love us more and more. And in our own personal humanity, each of us desires to know and love him more and more. So God, through Jesus, comes to us and we come to him as we get to know each other personally. It's a beautiful story about a Jewish rabbi and his son. And the son says, Rabbi, Father, I want to know and to love God with all my mind, with all my strength, with all my soul. I just can't do that perfectly. And his father says, son, don't worry. You do what you can. You come as far as you can, and he will come the rest of the way. A relationship. And they meet together, body to body, blood to blood. Yet you say that that was the case maybe 2,000 years ago when Jesus walked with the apostles and ate and drank with them. So that's the best way, some will say, that we get to know Jesus, the historical Jesus, the physical, personal Jesus 
of Nazareth. He's not here now. The mystery of the resurrection and the ascension tell us just that. Jesus is not physically here. So I guess we just don't have a personal relationship with him now, some would say. We can read about him in the Bible, they'll say. We can reflect on him through the prophecies. There's so many movies and stories about Jesus of Nazareth. We have our prayers, and, but it's all indirect, isn't it? It's still not up close and as personal and as best a relationship it could ever be. That's what most people think about their relationship, if they have one, with Jesus. It's distant. It's not real and here and now, today. Well, let's reflect on that distance, distancing. Because I think most of us have been practicing social distancing for some time now, ever since this pandemic took place in our land, basically since March. For many months now, we've been distant from each other. And yet, we want to be with each other personally, but we can't. We're either quarantined or in our homes. We may be restricted to a hospital or a nursing home. Maybe the ones we love are overseas, serving our nation. We're distant from each other. And that makes our heart grow fonder. Remember, distance makes the heart grow fonder. But they're not here physically. But we want them to. We want them to be, and we want to be with them up close and personal. So there's a kind of paradox going on. They're present to us in our hearts. They're really present to us. And at the same time, they're absent. There's a kind of presence and absence going on in the mystery of our relationship with them. Now, in that respect, then, Jesus is, yes, not physically present, but that doesn't make him absent. No, he's truly present. The mystery of the resurrection and the ascension tell us that he's not present. But however, the mystery of God, who is Holy Spirit, tells us that he is present even now. Jesus says, I am with you always. I'm with you to the end of the ages. Now again, Jesus doesn't lie or deceive, so I'm with you. I am here with you. Not at a distant relationship, but very close. So, God is telling us something quite distinct about himself. He says, I am with you, which means I am with you. Now, who is the I? The I is not just a memory of Jesus. The I is not just something we read about or think about or feel. No, when he says, I am with you, he means all of me. And what defines the human person is just that, body and blood and soul united as one. I'm not speaking to you physically, but I am present to you in some real relationship, body to body, blood to blood. He says at the Last Supper, 
this is my body. This is my blood. In other words, Jesus says again to us at this Last Supper, at every Mass, it is I. This is my body. This is my blood. And then he goes on to do something quite extraordinary, and we read about that in today's Gospel according to St. John. He says, I am this living bread come down from heaven. I am the living bread. The bread, then, is not just a sign of Jesus. It's not just a remembrance of Jesus. It's not just a symbol. No, it it, it is I. I am this bread. I am this wine. This is me. Totally, authentically, truly, it is I. Body and blood. Real. Personal. And then he goes on to say something quite strange to the listeners of his day. He says, for my flesh, this living bread, is true food. And my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Remember the story of Mark Twain where Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn, they seal themselves together body to body and blood to blood. They become one. They're so personal, so close, that now they are one with each other in a communion of friendship. So we do that by the holy communion of this incredible friendship whereby Jesus seals the deals, as it were, for us by his body and blood. And then tells us to eat this body and drink this blood. Wow. You can see there's a kind of spiritual cannibalism going on here, if you think about it. Not a real cannibalism physically. A spiritual eating and drinking, of sharing, of communing. This is why our missionaries were so successful in so many parts of the world, because natural religions understand the eating and drinking of the victim of sacrifice. That's why the Jesuits were so so incredibly successful. And our missionaries in Africa, India, China over the centuries. Mexico, South America, North America. Because the eating and drinking of the victim of sacrifice in religion is essential. So what does he do? He perfects all that. Not physically, but spiritually and really. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has life and life eternal. You see how our Lord now perfects the natural order You see how reason now operating in faith shows us the intelligence of our Catholic Christian understanding that bread and wine become his body and blood for sacrifice that we eat and drink and commune, holy commune, with the God-man. That's why Catholic Christianity could be understood as the perfection of the nature of religion. It doesn't sound politically correct, but it's true.
So he says, it is I. So this bread now is I. This wine is I. And yet, we distance ourselves from the Lord. We say, no, I can't believe that. So I'll understand it as a doctrine. But Jesus says, I don't want to remain just an intellectual doctrine. I don't want this to be just in your head. These are not truths about me. No, it is me. You're communing with me, not a doctrine, but with me, he says. Again, it's not something about him, like a letter, an article, an email, a phone call. It's up close and personal, body to body, blood to blood. So we are closest and most personally present to Jesus through the reception of his body and blood in Holy Communion. He's not here physically, so he appears absent. Yet just as we said about the ones who are socially distant right now from us, perhaps even dead to us, they are in some paradoxical way still present to us. We call that paradox a mystery. Body to body, blood to blood, this is the most authentic and real way possible to know and love someone and to be known and loved by someone. So he appears as bread and wine, but he is actually present. To be truly present is body and blood. So while the elements of bread and wine are the appearance, the reality is something quite different, quite substantially different. Do you see where I'm going with this? The substance is transubstantiated. It's crossed over to something that looks like bread, tastes like bread, looks like wine, tastes like wine, but what is it? In this case, not what is it, but who is it? Some would argue, well, well, okay, there's a change in elements of bread and wine, but they would say that the bread and wine are symbols. They're signs of fellowship, communion, remembrance of the past, a communion psychologically or emotionally with God. But that's not what Jesus said. It would have been far easier if he had simply said, this is a sign of my presence. This is just a remembrance of the past. This is just a symbol. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. No, he said, this is my body. This is my blood. Now, if it's all made up, if all this is just made up, then we're not dealing with a mystery. We're dealing with a myth. In fact, a lot of people think that Catholic faith is just that, a myth, or at best, magic. Magic. Funny how historically people thought of the Mass as magic. Because at the moment the priest said those immortal words, this is my body, this is my blood, the priest was saying them in Latin. And the words for that, hoc est enum corpus meum. This is my body. Well, what the people heard as the priest was saying these words 
They didn't hear hocus anum corpus meum. They heard hocus pocus. Magic. And that's where that comes from. Oh, these Catholics are just doing magic and I'm just a witch doctor. This is crazy. That would be confusion. Jesus is not confusing us. He doesn't deceive us. Catholic faith is not magic. It's mystery revealed by Jesus himself. So, magic is not personal. Magic is myth. So if what Jesus is revealing is true, then what we have here at Mass is not magic, but mystery. And the truth of the mystery of that relationship is grounded in the substance of a personal encounter, as close and as personal as anyone could ever desire. Bodily, personally, present. Hence, Corpus Christi, the body of Christ. Okay, you say that's enough for today. But you see, as we did last week with the Holy Trinity, as we could do with any mystery of our faith, these mysteries are real and intelligent and exciting. That's what a mystery is. It's real, intelligent. It's exciting. It intrigues you. It causes you to think, to stretch your mind, to imagine the possibilities and to probe things which are not customary or day-to-day. So you can see how this incredible mystery of the body and blood of the Lord is so relevant today and every day in the lives of every man and woman because we're all looking for that personal encounter. We're looking for love. Are you looking for love and to be loved? You have it here. Are you looking to be loved as best you could? Are you looking to love as best you can? You have it here. Doesn't every person have those naturally unfulfilled desires? Yes, he is here. It is I, here under the appearance of bread and wine, but truly and substantially present in body and blood. The substance has changed. The accents remain the same. Sweet sacrament, whom we adore, help me to love you, more and more. Help me to love you more and more.